Lunch bunch. Ta-da! <laughs> I needed something at the end there to just wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I enjoyed that intro song. Thank you. Getting better each time. Yep. By the next time you're gonna have a full orchestra behind you. Gonna have a full band come in. <laughs> He'll have dun, the Koki Frogs dun, 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 dun. as his um, backup <laughs> singers. Yeah. Yeah. The Koki Frogs are adding a little spice to this mix right now. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys hear it? Can you guys hear the Koki frogs in the background? Not really. I can only hear one of them, but it yeah. comes in and out. Yeah. It's kind of fake. Only fake, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I can't hear it. It's kind it'll, of cute. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it'll provide some nice ambiance. Yeah, sense of place. <laughs> like we know you're way yeah, better. Sure. Yeah, exactly. yeah totally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so diving into it. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking for this episode. Um, this is something that I struggle with Mm. and I think a lot of people do too is kind of determining your worth and I mean that can go a lot of different ways but specifically like your worth in your career and your job and how do you determine that that's a loaded question right now it is (laughs) (laughs) but I think you know a lot of us were freelancers as filmmakers Mm -hmm. and even if you're not, just maybe when do you know when to ask for a raise and things like that. It's something that I struggle with a lot. I feel like being Japanese too, it's like we're so reserved and Mm -hmm. I have never asked for a raise and I have a really hard time determining like my my work's worth, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you guys about it. I think when it comes down to it, it's you're asking. I'm thinking the deeper question is like, how do I know my value is worth more? Or when do I know that my value is worth more? Hmm. Mm, Because I feel that when you do feel that your value is worth a little bit higher, you hold yourself to a higher standard. Right. And you value your time a lot more. And when that happens, you it's like almost inevitable that you're going to ask for a raise or you're going to leave because you know that there's something out there that's better for you. So if I were to answer that, I would say it's probably when I think that the work isn't fulfilling for me anymore, mm-hmm. either financially or passion-wise, mm-hmm. but... Um, you know, we're, I'm kind of in a position where I, it's kind of, hey, Sorry. whenever put their stuff on mute, <laughs> would be Shanika. I saw her face, just like her eyes, like, mm. did they hear that? Re- resuming. Sorry. Sorry for the interruption. Yeah. Um, like we're kind of lucky cause we're in a position where we love our work. Mm-hmm. We love to do filmmaking. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's a little bit more difficult in that way because sometimes things become a passion project, but they're not going to pay you as much. Right. 
And I think this is something that Shanika can talk about because there's a lot of things that inspire her and motivate her as as it does me, as it does Reina's, you know. And I think I think that because of that, it's harder to say no to projects. Oh yeah, right. oh, I God. have that yeah. constant battle. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's and like it, I want to do it just yeah. because I want to do it, but you know, you're not gonna get paid. Right, it's and, a lot of time. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a that's like a cool, maybe not a cool, but that's a sort of freedom you get as a freelancer, though, is you get to make those decisions. Like, true, it's a give and take that salary workers who work for a business or for a company can't really make. Like mm-hmm. me, for example, I don't really have a choice in what kinds of jobs I accept. I work on kind of what I'm told to work on. It's not really a choice of mine. So I think that's, it's hard, I'm sure, to make those decisions. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a a privilege. The privilege of being a freelancer is you get to make those kinds of calls. Even if maybe one job won't pay you as much, it could be more fulfilling than the jobs that would pay you a lot of money, right? right. That's true. Because then for me, like at the end of the day, um, my passion and I guess like whatever it is in the project that I love becomes my driving force to keep doing it because now I can see the end goal and I see where I want it to go whereas like if I'm just doing it for profit and I'm if I'm just doing it for money I kind of lose myself in the process because I lose direction and yeah I think Mm -hmm. going into that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Shanika, like sometimes, do you take on projects sometimes because, (laughs) because you have like a little bit of FOMO? Uh, Okay, that is a good question. Honestly, like, yes, in a sense, like I do take on projects because of FOMO, but that's a good reflection question because I'm reflecting in myself now, but... (laughs) Sorry. Uh, that's my no. job. That's but, my job on the lunch bunch. But I'll just um, hold the mirror to all I of our know, faces. She and literally look did. at yourself. I'll be back look in an hour. <laughs> One hour later. <laughs> um, honestly, I take on projects because I always find it as a learning opportunity for myself. Because I kind of like learned through experience that with every project that comes my way, I always learn something new about a skill set that I've been doing, but then I find a new way of doing it. Or I don't know, like, it's just like, I look at the opportunities that it gives me, but I kind of lose myself in that because then I don't see like, oh, how much time this is going to take. And time is money. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of why I take on a lot of projects. And also because like I feel like my brain is always wrecked with like a million ideas and I just want to make them already. But I don't take the time to really think about the production aspect because I keep thinking about, oh my God, like it's going to look so cool if I made this and then like if I push it out, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think about like, oh, Shanika, it's going to take you like two months to finish this. Or like, yeah, it's going to take up so much of your time that you can't do other work that does pay you so Mm -hmm. yeah honestly I'm still learning to say no yeah that makes me think of a question if I can ask you guys real quick so I think one of the questions I have um just going back to like the original topic of conversation is 
how did you come up with pricing for yourself? Like, did you look at other peers in the industry? Did you look at mainland at all? How much mainland freelance videographers make? Also, do you charge differently depending on what portion of the job you're doing? Like, if you're just a shooter, if you're just an editor, how mm-hmm. do you determine how you split your pricing that way too? Just so if, if there's anyone listening that's going through it right now, they kind of know your process and how you came to your price. You know, it's funny. I literally spent this entire day trying to figure that out. <laughs> that's good. You can speak right. on your experience and the roadblocks you ran into. It's hard because for um, like for filmmaking, for example, there's so many different disciplines in it. Like it's not just about pressing record on the camera. It's like the amount of time that it's going to take when you're editing. And it's all the layers that are involved when you're editing. Like, are you going to do any sound design? Are you going to be color grading? And like, <clears throat> there's so many different like aspects to the project that pricing is never definite. Mm-hmm. It's it always changes. And I think that's what's frustrating is because whenever I have a client, I always have to figure out like, okay, so what is the project going to be about? What's your, bu- what's your what's your budget? What are you looking for? Mm. And for filmmakers, like I charge differently from when I'm solely editing versus mm. when I'm solely just shooting. But like if it's a project that encom- encompasses like all production aspects, then like it's more work and a higher price to pay. Mm-hmm. So personally for me, the way I charge, sometimes I charge on an hourly basis, depending if I'm being contracted by someone else. Mm-hmm. And then I charge per project basis. If it's a large project and there's multiple deliverables that need to be sent out to the client. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then sense. I have a day rate if I'm just, say I'm like the director of photography or I'm like the cinematographer for a short film or a music video or anything. I have a day rate. Um, and then that's only one role. I don't have to manage anything else like the editing or anything of anything else like that. Right. So it really depends on the work <laughs> that mm-hmm. is at hand. And yeah, honestly, I'm still trying to figure out my worth. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing is that the pricing kind of ties directly into, for lack of a better term, like your value on right on Mm -hmm. in the industry, really. And that's a hard thing to to determine, especially since last time you guys were talking about how the stakes are higher when you're working Mm -hmm. at something that's your passion. Right. Right. So what about you, Kyle? How did you come up with your pricing? Hmm. So (laughs) why are you laughing? Because. You think my pricing's a joke? Is my pricing just a joke? You hit a nerve. (laughs) You said it, not me. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, she wants to. Okay. Oh, we're going to scrap. Get up, you guys. Um, So I've been watching a lot of uh, Chris Doe lately. And I sent Shanika a video, but she never watches the things I send her. (laughs) Send it in the group chat. I'll, I'll send it to everyone. Cause you know, I'm so it, sorry. It was about. It's actually a, about um, arguing for your price and your value. I did and, watch that. Oh, you did. I just don't remember what <laughs> I learned. It was playing in the background. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. While she's multitasking, <laughs> like she's literally always multitasking. She's like editing with headphones in, and it's like all the time. <laughs> it's, playing. <laughs> it's playing in the background. It's considered watching for her. But one thing he says is that he doesn't believe in charging for an hourly rate, and here's oh. it's because <laughs> it's because. When you charge by an hourly rate, you're literally like, what if you can do something like really fast? Like, okay, so someone out of college might not be able to edit That's a two true. to three minute video mm-hmm. as fast editing. as someone who's like five has five years mm-hmm. under their belt. But both might charge <clears throat> if both charge for the hourly rate uh, wage, they're both like set at the same value essentially. Right. I mean, some one person could charge a little bit more for their hourly, but still they're working by the hour. Whereas if you charge um per project yeah if you charge per project you're charging more for your experience mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. You, you might be able to get it and like why why would a client say no to um if you could get something done faster and better right i mean typically they want things done and turned around pretty quick but it, I, like I'd be surprised if a client came back and said, "Well, wow, you turned that around pretty fast. How, why am I? Why are you charging me so much if it's mm-hmm. at the value that they want?" Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So and I, also, like, sorry, no, go with for it. like um, hourly rates. Sorry to any clients who are listening to this, but we round up. You know what I mean? Oh, so <laughs> if you only work for like forty-five minutes, you're going to charge you round for the up whole hour. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. makes sense. I Which mean, makes sense. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Hourly though, or like anything, I feel like there's like Shanika was talking about earlier. There's so many things that go into it. Like yeah, mm-hmm. the editing hours you can measure, and the shooting hours you can measure. But you're thinking before the shoot. You're driving to the shoot. You're like there's so right. many things. Your your brain is like working off the clock. You know, mm-hmm. that's you're such going a good into point. A shoot, you're really yeah. thinking about how am I going to shoot this? If it's an interview, what questions am I going to ask? Yeah. Um, what should I bring? The equipment that you're bringing, you know, like there's so pre-production many- is yeah. a whole another thing. Yeah. But what coming back to what coming back to what I was saying, like th- what they're paying for shouldn't be your time now. It should be the time that you put into your craft. It should be the culmination mm. of all of your experience yes. into this product. So because, like say yeah. so like say like they wanted you to shoot a two to three minute video of something like it you could either charge them hourly or you could charge them per project um i have a question about that though i feel like that's that's harder to come up with a number for you know like let's let's take you for example like you have x amount of years under your belt how Mm. how would you approach a client and like prove not really prove that worth but show them like hey I have X amount of years of experience. Here's some of my work. This is how mm. much I charge for that experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you kind of justify? I that? feel like to... that oh. shows in your portfolio, though. Yeah, I was going to really have to explain it. It's you easier don't... when you have a product that like they want similar to. And you're like, this video is whatever minutes and I can give you this price. And but that's the... shooting, editing, you know. They so it's ask... nice when you have it. Yeah. Yeah. They might ask though. They might ask this very question one day. So, uh, one thing that Christo does on his podcast is that he does this like role playing, mm-hmm. which I think could be kind of fun. <laughs> so, um, maybe we could do that. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> you want to give us the scenario? Yeah. It's a good lesson. Let's go. Um, what if- okay. Okay. Maybe let's maybe I'll I'll do Reina. No. Can be- we do a group thing? No. 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 <laughs> it be a group thing. Dude, this was my question because I don't know. No. I want to see. I want to see how you're gonna react. <laughs> you got this, Reina. Okay. I believe okay. In you. I'm gonna say like I'm. I'm. I have this project where I just needed like a 30 second commercial. Okay, so, okay. So I'm coming to you right now. Say, okay. Calling. Hello. Hello. Oh, hi. Is hi. this uh, is this Seeking Films? Yes. Yeah, it is. Hi. Who oh, is, hi. Um, my name is Kyle. I'm a huge fan of your work. Uh, oh my god! Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, I I just feel like. Okay, just to cut to the chase, I'm trying to make a commercial. Okay. And it's for my brand, and I feel like your brand and my brand just do really well together. Like they, like it just it it just fits, you know, mm-hmm. for me. So I just need like a 30 second commercial, and I was wondering, um, what are what are your rates and like how how can how can we work together? Um, what kind of commercial are you looking for? What's the brand? What's the? Oh, it's a coffee commercial. Oh, I so see. I own a coffee shop. It's really mm-hmm. small. It just I, I um it was established like a year ago. So very small, very um up and coming. But uh, yeah, it's like I I I think I I have a small budget for it. But I was wondering like what your rates are. I'm just trying to see around for who okay. might be able to do it. But I love your work, so I called you Thank first. Thank you. Thank you so much. But it really depends. Like, do you want an interview with it and you sound bites or just visuals? And um, um, yeah, like, what were you thinking of in the shots? Just well, all. Can I interject? Or... Sorry. Sure. <laughs> I feel like. Can I give feedback? <laughs> on, what? On, on my performance or. No, 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 no. Just on, um, in general. I feel like. Um, because Reina, that that's actually a good question to ask. But I think what we need to remember is that the clients don't know what is involved in the video aspect, the video production mm-hmm. aspect. So when you ask them, "Do you want sound bites? Do you want visuals?" I don't think they will completely mm-hmm. understand what that is, because mm-hmm. not everyone. Well, honestly, majority of the clients they don't know, and right. they're trusting us because we're the professionals, so we know. Mm-hmm. So. I think I a better feel... oh sorry go ahead go ahead sorry I think a better question to ask is like um is asking them to send samples of like mm, yeah yeah I usually do work that, that too. they like, like right what do you want do you have an example right right and then I'd send maybe like one of your traveling videos no you use like send like something that's way out of budget right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah or like oh yeah one of your like it's wedding like an videos apple. and i was like i want it to feel kind of like this you know, it's like a it's celebrity's just... video and you're like yeah yeah does that make sense kind of yeah i mean Wait, i was gonna Hunter, add that yeah. it's it's hard i feel like for you guys too a lot of times you have to kind of place your raids with the client like i saw between mm. kyle and you it's like you were kind of trying to get a little more detail and Kyle was mm-hmm. just kind of alluding to what he wanted, right. but not really being specific. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times the clients that I've seen in past experiences and clients that you guys tell me about, a lot of times clients don't even know what they want yet. Exactly. Right. Even right. if they 
send examples like you said it could be completely out of budget but they have Mm -hmm. no idea the kind of work that goes into it I think that's a big one yeah yeah so that tying back into like like having that tough conversation with a client Mm -hmm. and saying like hey the videos you sent me this is how much I would normally charge for it and then maybe like understanding what their goal is and suggesting like for your goal, I think I could do something like this. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of have to be the, <clears throat> or, the translator in the situation too, right? right? Or I think sometimes it's good to talk to the client and see because if their, like, expectations are really high and then their budget is, like, a certain level, sometimes it's better to refer someone else. Right. To, oh, like, I give see. them, like, a reality right. check in a way. Like, you cannot get anyone with that price. And if you're going to pay that price, it's going to be this work, you know? Right. Because mm-hmm. of all the, you know, and I think after a certain point, you can do that. I'm I'm not good at doing that. But, I like, Jack, like you... for example, he's been in the wedding industry for a long time. So he gets a lot of emails of people just being like, oh, I'm doing, like, a beach wedding, like, $1,000 my budget. Um, I really like your work. And it's like, okay. Um, sometimes it's not even worth like sending because they ask sometimes clients ask a lot of questions too mm-hmm. and it's like it might not be worth <clears throat> compromising it's like it's mm-hmm. better to just refer other people that are gonna want that work you know and that they're willing to pay for I guess I think you give up you yeah I think that's a good point about um because honestly that's like the end goal right with like freelancers we want to mm-hmm. be able to to book those clients who are willing to pay us what we're worth Mm -hmm. but it's getting to that point that's like the hardest part right and And like go ahead like you said too like sometimes if it's a passion project you might be willing Mm -hmm. it's because it's like what you want to do even with right donate your time but if it's like Mm -hmm. something that's more like a job and it's like you know not a video that is going to add anything to your portfolio you've done it mm-hmm. a million times or whatever then yeah then it's a different story <laughs> yeah wait so kyle how would you have wrapped up that scenario if reina had asked for examples well i would have i would have actually done the same thing like i would have yeah. asked them like what are you looking for how mm-hmm. long how many deliverables do you want me to give you at the end of this um how much days are we going to take to shoot how um and then I would think about the edit and all of the logistics of it. And then in my head, I would kind of come to a point where I'm like, okay, like I'm not super passionate about this job, mm-hmm. but but it passionate enough where I can make it cool and have fun. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter though. It doesn't matter if you're going to have fun on it or not. The fact is they're paying for your time and they're paying for your skills and they're paying for your experience. Right. So at the end of the day, even if it might even be someone like you like working with, if they don't pay me enough, then I kind of just have to like let them go. And right. before, I, before that was extremely hard for me to do. Like I feel like you, Reina, and you, Shanika, probably still sh- are still struggling with yeah, this. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like you're really good at that. Like saying this is how much time it's gonna take me to do this. I won't so even say. You know? I won't I won't even say like this is how much time it's going to take me. I'll just basically, you know, reiterate my point that mm-hmm. in a nice way that I value my time. Mm-hmm. And so and I think about what I do is I think about myself if I take on this project 
Mm-hmm. And am, am I gonna am I gonna be like, oh man, I I, I really wish I didn't take on this project, or I <laughs> I just wish I had more time right now because now mm-hmm. I'm just stuck doing this project until it's finished and then Mm -hmm. another thing is you're not going to put in all of your passion and effort into it which is like what Shanika was talking about where you kind of lose yourself in the project and not in in a like in a bad way so it comes with the territory it does and you have to realize that your time is actually very valuable and I think Mm -hmm. maybe you like you guys will come to a point where you're like oh man, like I'm definitely taking on too many projects and it's because I'm not asking for enough even Mm -hmm. though I have all of this experience under my belt. Mm -hmm. But I also understand too that it's really hard to do that on Oahu because the industry is small right? and and the economy in Hawaii in general is not very good. I'm just going to be straight up up with Mm -hmm. you guys. Like you're going to... and. I mean, that's like Shanika. You you got a job from LA, and that was that paid you like pretty well, like better than that most paid projects. Me so good for my dairy, like I was like, wow, like mm-hmm. we should be getting paid this much here on the island. But I feel like, but then you think about yeah. it, right? And you're like, wait, that's what there is no money though. here. Mm-hmm. Like even even in digital marketing or marketing mm-hmm. and analytics in general. For my for the positions that I've held, entry level analytics positions, entry level like um, digital marketing positions, in the mainland I could get paid ten to twenty grand more than what right. I get paid here, which is right. insane to me because it's so expensive to live yeah. here too. Yeah, and is I think a- I'm sorry. No, is that all with like the same skill set that we have? Yeah. Well, yeah. even even like the mm-hmm. the digital marketing positions in the mainland, they're even narrower than my the past. Um, like scope of work that I've done in the past right. mm-hmm. because people tend to specialize more. There's larger teams, more competitions. Mm-hmm. So they exactly. tend to pay a little bit higher. Whereas mm-hmm. here, especially in like our cases, digital marketing and creative, it's relatively new here in Hawaii. Like not a lot yeah. of people have been doing mm-hmm. it. And if they have been doing it, it hasn't been very long. So I think it's hard for people to understand and get behind how to right. value it because they don't really get it you know especially right. when you guys are working on a project for a client who has maybe never done some sort of digital creative in the past mm-hmm. and having to have that conversation of how to value it with them if they don't understand the work I don't think they value you enough if that makes right. sense yeah yeah and then it puts into question like are they worth working with and collaborating with yeah for sure yeah and it's like a decision we have to make every time. But mm-hmm. but one thing you you do want to do, like even if they can't afford you, is you want to help them in some way. Like mm-hmm. like Reina said, yeah, you want to yeah. refer them to someone who might be able to do it, right. or give them some advice. Yeah, that's true, and I think I think that's what keeps um, the industry healthy in a way. Is you kind of you like no ill feelings toward people who maybe don't understand why you price the way that you price yeah yeah i think that it takes a level of empathy to feel that way toward clients who undervalue you too right yeah and like you said oh sorry go ahead they just don't know too like you were saying like how much it's worth and then i think if they look around and they're like okay for this budget this is what i get and they start to because even i didn't know like before going into the wedding industry i had no idea how much a video costs you know Mm -hmm. and then you just see all the 
three videos and then you don't really think about the price. You're just like, oh, I want that video. That looks cool. Mm-hmm. You don't really think about yeah. it, you know. It's something just I something I always think about too whenever like I think about your guys's work and the work that you put into each project is a lot of people forget that being in a creative field or being a creative freelancer it takes a lot out of you personally too oh yes creativity is finite like a lot of the time you're drained from projects maybe that you have to take for financial reasons or you feel like you have to take for financial reasons and Mm -hmm. I I wanted to go back to how you guys kind of balance the projects between passion projects and projects you take to you know keep the lights on do you guys kind of think about that balance or how do you navigate that all the freaking time time. (laughs) yes it's important yeah and like because see filmmaking is both business and it's art at the same time and like in every project that we create it is an extension of our soul (laughs) you know and that takes a lot out of you right because it's both it's both sides of your brain that is like Mm -hmm. working simultaneously with each other like you have the critical analytical brain and the logical brain working with like the creative side and it's Mm -hmm. always like balancing that when you're creating for a client but like like I said earlier, I need those passion projects to keep me going, to keep reminding me of why I wanted to choose this career path in the first place. Because if I don't allow myself to be creative, to just create, to self-express without even thinking about, am I going to make money out of this? Like, then I'm just going to lose, you know, like my direction in life, basically. I'm, this is, this is basically like my livelihood. And honestly, like, for others who don't know what it's like to turn a hobby into like a career, it's it's an, honestly it's a great opportunity, but it takes a lot out of you, like what you said. Mm-hmm. And it's like personally for me, it's the one thing that I know that I can do well, <laughs> and I can't do anything else. So it's like if I lose my passion and my drive for this, I don't have a fallback plan. I literally don't have plan b so it's always a reassessment in every project that i do um is this gonna fulfill me in the end is this like i think what i need what i what i found myself doing thanks to this pandemic is i always check in with myself before i take on a project now because now i'm thinking am i in the healthy mental state to be able to take on a project this large you know, like, am I going to have the time for it? Am, am I in the right state of mind to be able to exert a portion of my soul <laughs> into this project? So I feel like there's always a balance. But finding that balance, it's not definite because it's different for everybody. That looks different for everybody. And I'm sure it ebbs and flows throughout the year exactly. too. How much you can mm-hmm. give at any given point in time. Yeah. I have a, qu- yeah. I have a question. What, what would you consider... How do you consider a project a passion project? Um, if I'm not getting paid for it. <laughs> no, I mean like 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 what what kind of factors determine that you, okay, I, I'm not going to get paid for this, but I'm going to be okay making this or like I'm going to mm-hmm. be I'm going to commit myself to it because I want to. Right. For a, for a cause or mm-hmm. because to meet I- people or like what yeah what is it for you guys 
Yeah, so Shanika mentioned it earlier, but I think if you're going into something and you're learning something that you haven't learned before, like gaining experience, or I feel like if there's an experimental element to it in that sense, like, oh, I've never tried this before. Like, oh, it's, I've never done a music video before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe I'm not going to be paid at all, or maybe I'm not going to be, you know, it's not at my rate, but I've never done it before. So it's like a passion project. And also, I think what's really important that aligns with the passion project is something that's aligned with your style. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like Shanika was saying, it's like being a filmmaker, it's, it takes, it's like a big part of you, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so personal, like Mm -hmm. even editing something that you didn't shoot, it's so personal where, you know, it's yourself and your philosophy, whatever you take from the interview or whatever shots you, you know, choose and all of it is an extension of you and sometimes I feel like you create work that isn't aligned with that because it's for a client and it's for a job and it's like that person's business idea or that person's perspective so I feel like a passion project should really align with that and like your philosophy right and your style in general I think building on that lost yeah yeah building on that too like a lot a lot of what people don't realize is that part of editing is very intuitive because what you're doing is you're you're literally trying to feel for what works. You're trying to feel the rhythm. Mm-hmm. You're feeling like the story, how they deliver it. And then you're also watching their eyes. What are, mm-hmm. what are their eyes telling you that their mouth isn't saying? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a very emotional like process. Right. And like, I think what helps me differentiate passion and work when I'm working is going back to the why like why am I doing this and Mm -hmm. if it aligns with your own personal values and like your I guess like your purpose in life then Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where you find passion in the projects that you're creating whether it's whether you're being paid for it or not yeah and the goal is to find a paying job that aligns with your purpose. Exactly. Yes. Like and a client. Happens. It happens. Right. It happens. <laughs> and a client who is That's willing to for. pay you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Does that answer goal. your question, Kyle? Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love those answers. It's perfect. <laughs> what? Like, when... <laughs> the fucker. Ow. <laughs> My ear. <laughs> okay no what i have something to share so i bought this like workbook thing like i think three years ago and i never <laughs> i never used it but basically it's it is it says pricing for wedding photographers oh mm-hmm. and it's a workbook so hold on let me just reconsolidate this area here <laughs> me and my multi like showing the equipment that you have dude adding all of that that is so something i am it so literally bad at. like jack is so good at numbers not me just like... so it's a two-week it's a two-week workbook and basically it goes into like all the marketing stuff that i didn't <laughs> The marketing stuff that I didn't bother to pay attention to when I was in Scheidler. (laughs) 
And you it went says, to Scheidler? <laughs> I did. I what? did. And then I was like, nope, not for me. And so I went to ACM. Hi. Because <laughs> I felt, I failed. Um, What did I fail? I failed accounting three times. You failed it? Oh. <laughs> you did. Oh. oh my God. Your mom must have been so pissed. My mom was hella pissed. Like she saw the Fs and she saw the Ws. And she was like, what happened? You're supposed to be a businesswoman. I'm like, my brain can't function like that. I'm sorry. And that's when she knew. <laughs> that's when I knew. Okay, so in this workbook, it's basically a two-week workbook, and it literally breaks down how you should price um, yourself. And it honestly, it's not just specifically for wedding photographers. It's like for all like freelancers. Mm-hmm. But like, it goes into literally cost of goods sold. And like, breaking things down from like image culling so photographer for example mm-hmm. you charge for image culling then you charge for raw editing then you charge for artistic editing then you charge for all the deliverables and all the products that go into packaging that digital file into right. you know however so you're going like, to deliver it like a google drive thing but <clears throat> yeah people package it a certain right way. They and i love how it mentions like artistic artistic editing, editing. <laughs> people are just like oh you're editing it's like yeah no me in it exactly yeah like if you give the same footage to 10 different editors you're gonna get a completely different thing mm-hmm. from each person you know yeah well i have a question that made me think of a question <laughs> go ahead so you're so it's like after hearing you say that like it's a part of you in each project and stuff like that <gasps> And people are paying for you, essentially. Do you guys, like, have your own personal brand that you advertise with your work? Or is that kind of something separate? Like, you let the work speak for yourself for itself? Or do you kind of develop your own personal brand as an artist? I think branding is so important. Because <clears throat> in a saturated market like filmmaking and photography, you need to stand out. Like, you need to find that style that works for you and people recognize you for Mm -hmm. and like because my my specialty is being a dp so like i literally spent years trying to find a style that that i love but that my clients would love as well Mm -hmm. but i honestly think like yeah branding is so important because if you don't stand out then no one's really gonna recognize you for your work and I think that's something Shinika is really good at. Like, I can recognize mm-hmm. your, like, the color palette and stuff. What? Like, you're that's so consistent. True. That's true. Like, you're very that's consistent. That's something I have, I struggle with. Because I'm just like, ooh, like, today I'm feeling moody. What? Like, I yeah. struggle with it so like, much. Like, today I'm feeling this. And it's like, but, Rina, I'm so I feel like I feel like your personal projects that you do just for you are pretty consistent. Like, they are I can consistent. tell yeah. when it's a really? Reina film. Same. I can tell when it's Reina too, like Reina. Yeah, and Jack. me too. Yeah. And like the little like um, like uh, animations that you do now. Yeah. I just saw Jack in the background. It distracted me. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was like, I think he was like crouching under. Yeah, he was like, he was crawling. <laughs> <laughs> Jack. Hi, Jack. He's like, hi. <laughs> Let me know when you're okay. He's like, you don't need to cry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Kyle. So do you do you kind of push your own personal brand? I know. Oh, my throat. Okay, y'all clearing your throat. So I'm gonna ask that question again. 
<clears throat> Corona. Just kidding. Go ahead. Anyway, <laughs> Kyle, did you kind of develop your own personal brand? I know style is one thing, but when you're taking on these freelance jobs, do you kind of push your own personal brand with it or do you kind of let your projects speak for themselves? Or is it better to have more of a subdued style so that you can kind of fit in the mold of whatever client you take on? I don't think that you have to fit any mold. I think, Nice. I, I mean, I think it's important to be able to create things that client wants, but the goal is for clients to find work that re- represents you Yes. and then to be like, okay, I want that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but at the okay. same time, like I... I think that Shanika and Reina both have a much more developed brand than I do. I don't really have, I would say like, I don't really have like, I'm still developing my brand currently. And that's okay. And that's, and that's okay. fine. Yeah. It's fine. It because to do with, like, you do a lot of different things too. You're not just a shooter editor, but you can do all these graphics that I don't know how to do. So I feel like that makes you more versatile and like different work you know because like especially right now it's not like you can shoot all the time either but people are asking you for logos and like graphic design so I feel like you're really good at you know where what is it people can reach out to you for these specific things yeah and I mean going off of that the whole reason I started to do motion graphics was because uh, there wasn't a (laughs) lot of work going around and I kind of understood that the world was moving in not in that direction but in a direction where motion graphics are going to be very um valuable right like because i was thinking about moving to new york right so mm-hmm. my my whole thing my whole mindset at that time was that i just need to make myself as valuable as possible so i'm like grabbing motion graphics i'm grab i have filmmaking under my belt and then i'm starting to do graphics now um and what i'm finding is that i really love expanding that skill set mm-hmm. the artistic mm-hmm. skill set because i start to learn more about how designers think mm-hmm. and motion graphic artists think and filmmakers think and mm-hmm. seeing how those things relate but also mm-hmm. how they differ and right. i think that can also help attribute to each of those practices as well mm-hmm. i think that i take a lot of my filmmaking into my motion graphics and i think i take a lot of my motion graphics into my graphic design and it's kind of weird right because i started with filmmaking went into motion graphics then graphics so it kind of feels like it's backwards because i feel like people typically, <laughs> typically do graphics then motion graphics maybe mm-hmm. never filmmaking mm-hmm. um True. but i i'm finding that i really love design mm-hmm. like That's good. It's you're funny. a fast learner too i know you feel like you weren't doing it and then suddenly you're just like pro he could like, do it just, right yeah just good at like, it automatically no that's not i mean i just i when i start to do something when i when i like something or when i yeah i guess when i just start liking something i i just dive head first into it like mm-hmm. and i just start doing it i love just playing around with things I think that's what it is. I think I just like playing. I like to just like mess around. I like to just be chaotic and just like, because sometimes, I mean, I I feel like all of us have those days when we just want to be like chaotic, right? Where it's just like, we've been just doing this thing over and over again. I just want to throw, I just want to like expand this out like really big. And then I just want to like 
throw some paint on this like like an artist <laughs> yeah like an artist like just like <clears throat> throwing paint on a canvas just like throwing <clears throat> it and then just like right. swiping I, I painted the other day with um <laughs> with Jen <laughs> And then it started off like really nice. Like I was like, okay, there's gonna be like a little river, and then some <laughs> mountains here. And then I messed up. I messed up. And then I was like, you know what? Started mixing colors together and just, just like, just swiping for, for colors everywhere. For the people everywhere. who can't see, he's just waving his arms around in a very chaotic <laughs> <Kyle>. way. <laughs> he's moving his body like a cyclone. I <laughs> hear that one song. <laughs> Is that an expression of your anger and frustration over the fact that you messed up? Are you? Okay? It might be. It very well, very well, might be. So how's the final product? Yeah, what does it look like? Oh, I spilled something on it, so I threw it away. <laughs> oh my god! But I wish I had it. I wish I had it right now, so I could show you. But it was like, it had like some fire. It had like a sun, and then there was like some fire coming down from it onto the ground <laughs> and on the other side there is this forest and there's some <laughs> like fires going on in the forest there and the, the i i called the art piece oh and the sky was red and i and i and i called the art piece the amazon is burning oh oh that's some social commentary I wasn't ready for that i know wow just like the epitome that. of chaos mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. oh. Sorry Wait, to go off a on question. a tangent, but no worries. Wait, sorry, I have a question. My ears itchy. <laughs> anyways, um, so like because you, because you kind of come come across as like this jack of all trades, but like I remember like a few years back that was like a negative connotation for people in general because it's like, oh, you're a jack of all trades but master of none. And it's kind of just like, you can't, it's, it's as if, uh, how do I explain it? It's like, they're saying like, you have no specialty yet. You're not really good at everything that you're doing, but you're the complete opposite of that. Like you're actually, well, you're actually proving them wrong because it's like, I feel like in this day and age, it is so important to be versatile, you know, mm -hmm. especially with the pandemic, like. Yeah. I feel like now we need to know different skill sets. We need to have different, yeah, different professions under our belt. And oh like, God, yeah. yeah, because I never thought we'd be podcasting. Oh my God, <laughs> this is so fun, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But I. It's very therapeutic. Off mm -hmm. of that, I think, I think it comes down to where your intention is. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. at the first, at first, um, my motion graphics was bad. And I think part of that was because I'm doing it. Um, I, I was doing it because I want to become more valuable when I move. Mm -hmm. But then I started to really like motion graphics, and I started to really like the way like things just ease in and ease out, and just kind of <laughs> like the way colors, things move. the way things move, like understanding yeah. motion in that way. And then I just come like come to a deeper sense of understanding the craft, and then going into design, like I just it's just so appealing to just see something spaced correctly <laughs> i don't know i don't know how else to explain it yes. but it's like no, or like I seeing like seeing like just throwing a pattern on there and then just seeing everything kind of feel correct nothing's mm -hmm. overblown see that's a, something i bring in from 
uh, the video side is that I know when things right. are overblown, like you can't put white text on like an overblown background because you can't mm-hmm. see the text. And that's something mm-hmm. I kind of like. And just composition a too. And composition. is everything. Like yeah. having a bit like, is it a close up or is it like extreme close up on the right, logo? What to include, what to not. Right. And each thing gives you a different feeling. And and that's the whole thing about uh, filmmaking mm-hmm. too, is it gives you a feeling. And that's yeah. that's what's important, I think. But there's so much that I haven't learned yet about design, uh, mm-hmm. where it's like you have to be really intentional and you can't only think about what you feel. You have to try to think about what the person who views it feels. Yeah. So, I mean, who that's where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that just goes to show, too, that maybe jack of all trades isn't the right way to describe this situation because I feel like Kyle's just being curious like he's just innately curious and has this willingness to learn and like you said just play around with things and I think that in itself is a very valuable Mm -hmm. characteristic for someone in your field and I actually I think it's a very like a super valuable characteristic for anyone in any field just to stay curious and to just play around with stuff and experiment um see what works for you yeah really blend into each other too like you said you know like learning one thing will help you with another and that yeah. goes for everything like yeah. no matter yeah. e- even if it's not filmmaking you know everything feeds into each other you guys inspire me to learn more about the creative process and maybe even pick up a few creative skills myself just Do because it. I feel like I really want to. Do it. And I think this podcast kind of helps. Like I, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this with you guys is because I needed mm. some sort of creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not used to being in a creative field. I've always been attracted to it and always loved working within it, but I've mm-hmm. never picked up any creative skills myself. And I think by staying curious like Kyle and asking these questions with you guys, picking up new skills, it'll add even more value when I'm strategizing for clients or when I'm trying to help small businesses with their digital presence stuff like that so because part of what you do involves being creative in those decisions Mm -hmm. yeah I think for me it helps to understand creative so that I can pitch to clients and actually like recommend meaningful strategies for them that would Mm -hmm. solve what they're trying to accomplish yeah so yeah, I think just staying curious. This this whole conversation took a wild tangent. We're not talking about pricing anymore, but it all bleeds into each other. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. these are right. all things you have to think about, right? When yeah. you're talking about how to value yourself in the industry. I think, yeah, even building off of that, like valuing yourself is also adding more value to yourself. So like, like what Investing Kyle said, in yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Human capital, man. Like investing in the kind of skill sets that you can improve on the new things that you can learn on and like I think honestly I was inspired by Kyle because I was like wow he really learned motion graphics like that like in the span no. of like I want to say like months three, it felt like. Like, yeah, yeah. like three months I remember his first one and I was like oh and then he's like <laughs> <laughs> so the truth comes out <laughs> Hey, you okay. give me constructive feedback all the time, okay? That was not constructive, Jamaica. <laughs> hey, we all know you got better. You got better. No, honestly, <laughs> like, let me get to. Yeah, when you sent me, like, your most recent one, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I had no idea you had that in you. But because I saw that, like, your transformation, basically, 
it inspired me to take on like and to be curious too like oh you know like what are other skill sets that could add more value to like me as a filmmaker mm-hmm. and I was like what do I love the most and I'm like oh my god I love music but I've always been intimidated by it because it's like this other form of like artistry that's I don't know. There's just so much involved and I don't understand it. <laughs> like learning a foreign language. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, lear- it is. It's like learning a foreign language. Like, and there's so much to it that I didn't know were involved. And so like, yeah, so that's, and plus like film and music kind of go hand in hand because it's like, you can have great visuals, but if your sound design sucks, then it's just like, you know, the overall film won't be communicated as well. So like, yeah, like what you were saying adding value and then finding other skills that I can tap into. Okay, we're approaching the hour mark. So if you guys <laughs> had any final thoughts on valuing yourself on the market, what would you say? I don't know, but I do I like ending on the note of Kyle and how he said like or how he stays curious. Yeah, and like being curious and just working hard and like mm-hmm. that's all going to lead to you becoming better at your craft and then valuing yourself will come with that like it just takes time like I'm still transitioning into like learning how to value my work and like to put a price on it but it comes with there's like people doing fireworks all the time. Oh, that sounded like a that bomb. sounded so scary. I feel so bad because we have um Jack's uncle's dog and like she always freaks out. It's so irritating. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think it takes time, but just keep working towards you know your passion and whatever you're curious of like lean towards that and then it'll everything else will follow mm-hmm. i think i hope i like that i like that they too. will they will follow <laughs> thank you i think um for me being in a totally different situation where i'm not a freelancer <laughs> um something that i've learned about valuing yourself in terms of being like arguing for raises or not arguing that sounds bad (laughs) and negotiating for raises Mm -hmm. or um like especially thinking back to when I got my first job straight out of college and knowing how to value the the little experience that I had set goals for yourself that's what I would tell my myself before knowing what I know now is a lot of valuing your valuing yourself is setting goals for the future too because you want to keep progressing so I think just to reiterate it in case I'm just going to cut all this stuttering out this is going to be the last take of what I'm trying to say (laughs) (laughs) I think it's important to set goals for yourself so that you keep progressing and your value as an employee as a freelancer just keeps increasing over time that was it that was the thought (laughs) yeah I agree. I think for me, it's it's to maybe take a risk. Mm-hmm. Like, take a risk. Like, next time someone comes with to you with a project and, you know, you're kind of hesitant, um, take a risk and just charge a little bit higher, maybe a lot higher, 
charge something kind of crazy that okay maybe makes not shake. too crazy maybe not too crazy but it makes you shake a little in your boots <laughs> i like that kyle i might try it yes because i'll say that when i finally did that mm-hmm. they're like okay we can't go that high but we can go this high and i was like okay and you know what <laughs> it was still really high <laughs> compared to <laughs> Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll, they'll yeah. it, that's what negotiation is. You go high so and then hard. you come down. Yeah. A, they'll come down a little bit, but then you're like, oh, that's exactly where I wanted to go. No. <laughs> but just try it. Just try it. Oh gosh, I need to try it. Yeah, I'm... step out of your comfort zone. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, like that's fine. Whatever's fine. <laughs> what about you, Shanika? Honestly. I would just say be patient with yourself. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of... <laughs> I feel like valuing yourself goes back to your own internal like dialogue with who you are and your identity mm-hmm. <laughs> as like an artist. And it's just like, if you're not even confident in who you are as a person, like it's just going to bleed into the work that you create. Mm-hmm. But like with creativity like like what hunter said it's there's there needs to be a lot of progress that needs to be made so it's like yeah be patient with yourself um experiment and be curious um and yeah that's all i gotta say keep creating keep creating Mm -hmm. that's a good ending note all right kyle sing us out (laughs) a boom boom a boom boom (laughs) It's the lunch bunch. Ooh. <laughs> okay, bye. Signing off. Bye.